0: Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio.
1: Good morning and happy Monday. Welcome to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I am your host, Presley Davis, and with me is my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-host, Orlando Smart. Today's show is going to cover Texas State softball and baseball, as well as March Madness and MLB opening weekend. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views.
1: Texas State softball was away at App State this weekend and swept them in a three-game series. The first game won 4-3, to three, second game won 3-1 to one and finished it off with a 7-2 to two win. So, you know, coming home, they play on Thursday and you just know that that win is going to That sweep is going to really help them come into this week at in San Marcus.
0: Yeah. This team needs to find some consistency. We've been talking about it all year long. Uh, last weekend when they were at South or when South Alabama came home, they lost two of those three games and then they lost against Baylor on Wednesday. So getting that sweep, hopefully that momentum that this Texas state team needs, but I mean, Southern miss is also an opportunity for the softball team to go in Southern miss towards the bottom of the Sunbelt conference. So if softball can take advantage of these, this Sunbelt conference series and this past weekend, I think this is a team who hopefully finds that consistency
2: because Orlando, we've been talking about this for several weeks now definitely I mean looking at the App State series it was definitely a a really good bounce back series for the Bobcats losing to that losing that very close game to the nationally ranked Baylor being able to bounce back like that is very good at this point in the season especially going into Sunbelt conference play so hopefully they can continue that against Southern Miss coming continuing that uh, conference play here in San Marcos so um, we're really hoping that the Bobcats can Get a continue to get that series win because a, a win here would r- really set them up going into continuing that conference play.
1: Yeah, and I know on Friday's show we talked about kind of previewing the weekend games, and you look at this Texas State softball team, you have Jessica Mullen, Sarah Vanderford, Hannah Earls, Piper Randolph, Anna Jones, Sierra Trahan. You have all these girls, and you look at them, and you just know that your team is complete. And then App State, on the other hand, only had two starters hitting over 300 while majority – of Texas State softball was already hitting over 300. So you just kind of look at that team and you know that if they keep things going that they're going to be unstoppable this season, especially in Sunbelt play.
0: Yeah, you talked about Jessica Mullins. She just hit the 100 strikeout count this weekend against South Alabama. She was, I believe, 88 entering the weekend. So I was able to record those 12 strikeouts. I'm sure that was in the back of her mind trying to reach that 100 <laughs> strikeouts. But she finally hit it, and now she can – Focus on focus on the batters again But presley as you mentioned you just talked about that Texas seat knows they have all these girls It's just putting it all together because Mullins can pitch uh, the rest of that pitching staff Tori McCann uh, I mean they could all pitch and this team can hit the ball and hopefully this weekend They continue to do what they did last weekend.
2: I definitely agree Tori McCann is she's been very strong on the mound this season. So if they can continue that I mean southern miss being 15 and 15 right now, they're not playing. They're not just having the greatest season. So they should be able to continue that the what they were able to find against App State.
1: Yeah, well, Texas State softball will play Southern Miss Thursday night at the softball stadium, so be sure and go out to that. Turning over to baseball, Texas State baseball won the series this weekend, and we pl- they played Arkansas State. The games were pretty close. Joey, you and I were talking earlier. Each game was within one, and, you know, sometimes you have games like that, but that's kind of unusual for... This Texas State baseball team. I know Friday night went into ten innings and it was just Arkansas State responded, so we responded back and it was just a back and forth game. And I'm pretty sure every fan in the ballpark was just nervous and just wanting someone to do something. And you know, Texas State won the game with Ben McLean's walk off and I mean, you couldn't ask that was Trout's 100th win. So what better way to get that 100th than a hard-fought one?
0: Yeah, it was a dramatic um, 100th career win for Coach Trout. You talked about Ben McLean. He went three for four on Friday night. What a way to start the weekend. And one thing I noticed going through these three games, all three games had over a 1,000 people in attendance. A lot of people showing out for this Texas State baseball team. We would have as fans and um, media for this Texas state team, you would have liked to see Texas state have a little bit more dominant of a performance. Arkansas state one in six, their only conference win coming against Texas state. But I mean, a wins a win. You got to be happy with that. You took the series and now you move over towards Tuesday when they take on A&M, but yeah, just a big, big win and given coach Trout that 100th.
2: Yeah. Joey, you mentioned how packed the stadium were for each game. And I know, anyone who wasn't able to actually catch some of those games i know that first game that went in at 10 innings like that we were um able to have the call for that and i want to give a shout out to kyle owen because he just had an amazing call that game that game was exciting um wasn't able i wasn't able to watch it but just listening he w- it was like i was there he was doing an amazing job calling that the excitement was able to be heard through the radio so i want to give a Huge shout out to Kyle for that, but just the, the series, like you said, it's just been exciting. The whole All three games were decided by one point, so the Bobcats, they were able to win the series, so hopefully they can build off of that winning series coming up against Texas A&M because, I mean, this is going to be, I'm pretty sure this game will be just as packed as all these other ones. I mean, it will be an away game, but... And M fans are, I mean, they 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 love <laughs> they love their Aggie. So
1: yes, and you know, looking at the weekend, I know Friday night, um, we were switching out pictures, and we, the girls I were with, I was with, we saw Nathan Madrano coming in, and it was like, hold on, that's our that's our Sunday pitcher. What are we doing here in the yeah. fifth inning or sixth inning? Like putting in our Sunday pitcher, and I know for me, I was kind of like what are we going to do on Sunday now if he's going to come in and pitch for a little bit and kudos to Tony Roby because he stepped up and he started on Sunday and I mean he pitched a good game and also shout out to the pitching staff for just being able to adapt like that because I know I was just kind of freaking out and wondering what was going to happen on Sunday but I mean Sunday's Saturday's game you know Arkansas State just came back wanting that revenge. We fought till the end, and it was just at the end of the day, what can you do? But Sunday, Bobcats came back and decided that they were going to take the series to, of the rubber game and won seven to six. And Arkansas State never really let up either, so kudos to them as well because you know you, they're been coming into it. Their record was like I don't know eight and sixteen or something like that, and or eight and what fourteen. So they were definitely the underdogs on Saturday. And so, you know, you got to applaud that as well. But looking forward to this A&M game, Joey, you and I were going over A&M schedule and everything. And it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a fun one for sure, though.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Both of the teams about the same win-loss series, but it's going to come down to pitching we talked about how Presley just mentioned how they used Nathan Medrano on Friday, but everybody was able to step up, step up Jack Strout and continues to look really impressive. Uh, Tristan Dixon came in and pitched three innings. He got his work in. It's going to be interesting to see how they manage the bullpen, really the entire pitching performance on, on a Tuesday night when they, they take on AM. we've seen Tony Roby start against uh TCU back during spring break. But I mean, it just shows that this bullpen, everybody's ready. And that's, that's really good. Whenever you can look at your bullpen and know the next guy up can come in and give you those quick outs and get out of these innings, because that's how you win baseball games during, during playoff seasons. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Presley. And I want to kind of go back to what you mentioned about Arkansas state, just kind of the, the hard fought um, performances that they were putting out. I mean, in that last game, they got down five to zero and were able to kind of claw their way back into that game and, uh and they actually had a chance to kind of win it they hit a homer in the in the bottom of the ninth to make it a one score game but luckily the Bobcats were able to get out of there to were able to secure home field and get out of there with a win so hopefully they can use that momentum because like Joe you mentioned this A&M team has played a lot of very good teams this season they haven't necessarily done well but just that kind of experience is it's kind of unspoken but goes a really long way I mean they were able to they were able to get a win against the number one ranked LSU um they lost the series but just I mean they being able to beat a team that good that national that high ranked is is not something to turn your nose up at so the Bobcats will definitely have their hands full coming up against AM.
1: yes well we are going to take a quick break and when we get back we're going to catch you up on some March Madness and MLB opening weekend stay tuned you're listening to KTSW 89.9 Welcome back to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. I'm your host, Presley Davis. And with me is my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-host, Orlando Smart. And so before we get started into March Madness, Joey has something to tell us. Tonight, KTSW will be broadcasting the Hoop Fest. So, Joey, tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, KTSW Hoop Fest tonight is the intramural championships. We have games 7, 8, 9, and 10 p.m. over at the Rec Center. And it's our first ever audio video broadcast on our YouTube live channel. Uh, we've been having a couple of uh, audio only broadcasts. We started off with Rattler basketball in the UIL playoffs round two, whenever they or around round three, when Sam Marcus took on Reagan. And then just on Friday afternoon, we had Texas state tennis versus Marshall. So, a real big um, feat coming up here this evening with um, with some video and some audio coverage. We're going to have a lot of uh, broadcasters, lots of voices that you're used to hearing. So, um, guys, what do you think this how did this make you feel about um, this audio
2: video component coming to KTSW Sports? I'm really glad that we're that KTSW is getting the opportunity to do this. It's very big for the program and. Even either in for intramurals just to get kind of this type of coverage is something that's not really been done before, so it'll kind of just shed a light shed light on a lot of things being done within the campus.
1: Yeah, I feel like whenever, you know, because we cover all the major sports here at Texas State, but whenever it was mentioned that, what do we think about covering intramurals? It's kind of like, you know what, those are, because some of those intramural teams are pretty good. They're really good. They're pretty good, and so... I think it's a great opportunity for both sides to just kind of get out there and do what they've been doing and just have that more exposure. It'll be it'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, once again, that will be on our KTSW Sports YouTube channel. So make sure to go out and uh, watch that tonight. The first game is at 7 p.m. And we're going all the way till the final game at 10 p.m. So that is KTSW Hoop Fest on KTSW Sports YouTube page.
1: Speaking of final games, tonight is March, the end of March Madness, UConn, San Diego State, how are we feeling? I know on Friday I was rooting for UConn, and they got out, and so I'm going to stick with UConn and just hope that they're able to come out victorious on it.
2: If UConn wins, does that make my bracket completely accurate? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you've been, you've been uh, campaigning for UConn this whole tournament, so... You'd be right.
0: Yeah, UConn was my pick to win the entire thing back when this oh, entire wow. tournament started. I did not have them play in STSU, but I had UConn winning it all. And I mean, they've dominated every single team they've played. I mean, every one of their wins has come by 15 or more. Is that correct? uh yeah yeah something dominating. like dominating yeah something like that and then they defeated miami on saturday night i mean this is a yukon team who's carrying a lot of momentum and they were one of only four of the four final four teams who had won a national championship and i think some of that will carry over into tonight and i think they have a really good chance to be stsu um coming up tonight here in the national championship game
2: yeah i mean uh we have been talking well, i think we have mentioned it on previous episodes i think it the in the Final Four, they were the only, UConn was the only team that had ever even been that far before. They had, I mean, I know as San Diego State and um, Florida Atlantic had never really been that far, but I mean, the their just dominance just goes to show how far experience kind of takes you. Just these, not only these players, but these coaches specifically, they've been here. They, they're no, we're used to seeing UConn in the championship game in the Final Four with players like Kimball Walker. I mean, that, that step back, I'll never forget that. So I feel like they UConn is they beat. I mean, my pick original pick was Houston. They got beat by Miami. So then I thought Texas was gonna gonna win. Then they got beat by Miami, and then UConn beat Miami. So I feel like it's only right that UConn they keep beating all the teams I think are gonna win. So I feel like they're that powerhouse. So definitely think UConn would be able to take it home tonight.
1: Yeah. So Joe, just out of curiosity, who did you have playing UConn?
2: I had. um
0: Texas and UConn in the final four game. And I think I had, I want to say it was Alabama and UConn playing in the, in the national championship game. Really? So
1: I mean, you were half right.
0: I was half right. <laughs> <You were laughs> half
1: right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe not on the Alabama part, they lost what second round. Yeah. But I did want to say though, the last time that the only meeting between UConn and SDSU was back in 2011, I think. And it was, um, Oh man, who was it? It was, I think it was Kemba Walker and Kawhi Leonard played in that game. Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, you just, it's always fun to watch right now. You're like, who could be that guy playing in the NBA one day? And you look back and then you're like, oh, there's a reason why they're in the league. Mm -hmm. So two team, two programs who have produced high caliber basketball players. And hopefully that comes to show. And I hope this game goes down, goes down to the wire. Like so many of these games have come down to all March.
2: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, UConn has been kind of dominating, but hopefully um, San Diego State can put up a fight because close uh, games—that's what everyone wants. I mean, unless you're a UConn fan, like specifically, <laughs> I feel like everyone wants it to be real close. And because I mean, the buzzer beaters they've had in mm-hmm. March Madness, just in just in general, but like even in championship games, have there's been plenty of buzzer beaters. So another one would just be amazing to see.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, UConn's going, they haven't appeared in the championship game since 2014. But, I mean, they've won five titles in 25 years, but it's been, they're kind of due for one. So, sounds like everyone in the room is kind of rooting for UConn tonight. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so at the end of the day, we, when you don't have a dog in the fight, it's kind of like, let's just make it a good game, you know? Just, Texas
0: State next year.
1: Oh
2: for sure! Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Once we you made it far. No, That's once true. we get we're gonna get out of the Sun Belt tournament and then yes. make it to that to the yes. to the big dance.
1: But it'll be a fun game tonight, and so also a fun game over at the Rec. But March Madness for the women's wrapped up, and Orlando. I know you, on Friday you mentioned Caitlin Clark, and I mean she just had a great season. And if you just want to recap how. historic it was for her
2: I mean definitely but first just with LSU winning the championship and everything I want to give them their props and their credit because I mean they just played amazing they were they were the complete they were just such a complete team all throughout I mean the refs I mean everyone I feel like everyone can agree that the refs were not the great that great throughout the game but on both sides and so a lot of the A lot of starters for both teams, like including Caitlin Clark, including Angel Reese, and uh, they were all in foul trouble. So it kind of came down to like what the bench players were able to do. And um, specifically um, uh, Jasmine Carson off the bench, she didn't miss a single shot in the first half. She was seven for seven after hitting. She hit a buzzer beater at the halftime, like a bank shot three to put them up 17. And I thought it was going to be over. But in that second half, like you mentioned, Kaitlin Clark just being the amazing basketball player she is, she gave Iowa a fighting chance. She was knocking down threes. She was getting fouled. She was doing everything she could to keep that team in the in the mix. But uh, just like that, that deficit at halftime being down 17, that was just kind of a lot. I think they were to, able to cut it down to about seven uh, somewhere throughout that third and fourth quarter. But it just kind of just wasn't enough, and then, I mean, like I said, the LSU girls all throughout, they just played amazing.
1: Yeah, well, basketball season is coming to an end, but baseball season, MLB just had its opening weekend, and I mean, it was a pretty crazy opening weekend. I feel like, I mean, both teams who were played in the World Series lost on Mm -hmm. opening day, and I don't think really anyone expected that. Aaron Judge had the first homer in the MLB, so... Granted, it was like a 12 o'clock game. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but I mean, overall, it was just a jam-packed weekend. I know my team personally, Joey, we've talked about this. Somehow the Rangers swept the Phillies. Somehow. I don't, I still think that's crazy. Like, I just can't imagine the Rangers being contenders right now. I know you can, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Presley, we've talked to in Bobcat radios back in the, the fall when we were talking about the postseason for major league baseball. And I'm going to have my take right now. I've made my take about tech state men's basketball, making it deep in the Sun Belt conference tournament. I'm going to make this prediction right now. I think the Rangers are a playoff team in the final two weeks of the season, whether that's a, they make the playoffs or not. I find them being in that AO wild card, going towards the end of the year before we came on the air, Presley and I were talking about this for about 30 minutes about this (laughs) Rangers performance this past weekend, because it was really impressive. I mean, they dominated the Phillies 16 three on Saturday night, but I mean, if you look at the divisions, the AL West, I think the Rangers will be fighting for a top top three spot with the Mariners and the Astros. I think the Astros are a runaway in the AL West. The AL Central is always up for grabs, and the AL East is going to have the most spots with the Tampa Bay Rays, one of three remaining undefeated teams, along with the Texas Rangers, the Baltimore Orioles are going to be in there, and then the Yankees, of course, as usual, and the Toronto Blue Jays. So, yeah my main thing that i'm going on about this tangent is i think the rangers will have a chance to make the playoffs this year just like i said in the fall
2: def- <laughs> i agree i mean getting off to a hot start like this they're, they're the twins and the um rays right now the only undefeated teams right now i mean obviously it's only the first after the first series but i mean just dominating the way they did if they can build off that and continue that momentum they can definitely your prediction will definitely come true joey
1: I just can't see it. (laughs) I just like, you know, just growing up a Rangers fan, you were always, you always just knew they're mediocre. And so the fact that wait we might be a little bit more than average this year is just kind of a little crazy. But, you know, they have Jacob DeGrom now, which started opening day. I feel like Ranger fans might have been expecting a little bit more out of him.
0: Yeah, of course. But I mean, how much money did y'all pay for him?
1: 185 million <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> for three innings. <laughs> but like you said earlier, it's just opening o- opening weekend. Kind of got get got to get used to the team, and I mean the ballpark, and just that environment. But you know, maybe Jacob Degrom, two time Cy Young winner, will show out for the Rangers. And but it was also nice because when Degrom wasn't able to produce as everyone expected the rangers were able to go to their bullpen and have them win the game so that wouldn't have happened last season it just wouldn't have so it is nice that okay our pitching's getting a little better like things are looking up but rangers had a good weekend astros started off a little a little rocky but they ended up doing just fine you know one loss on opening day is not gonna keep you from a world series so
0: Yeah, I mean it's a long, it's a long season. And I mean, we're like at the Rangers right now and we're like, oh wow, this is is such a great team. The Astros were like, oh man, they're they're doing so bad. They lost against the White Sox. But I mean, overall, it's a really long year. I mean, we talk about this in all the sports. I mean, you can get off to a hot start, but it's it's a marathon. It's Mm -hmm. not a sprint. And at the end of the day, you have to play 162 games. And some, and ultimately the playoffs are two out of three for the wild card, um, three out of five for the d- divisional series. And then, um, four out of seven for the finals, the final two series, the championship series and the world series. So there's a long ways to go, but I think the Rangers are built good off of pitching. And then there's, there's a lot of other teams out there who are taking advantage of the new world changes. There were, the stolen bases were up, I think, ten percent, um, eighty, eighty, something, somewhere in the eighties. Was a success in stolen bases, and the pitch clock. Just real quick, just want to talk about the pitch clock. What y'all think about pitch clock? It sped up the games by a total of twenty eight minutes on average. Are y'all a fan of the
2: new rule change? I mean, it's not. Uh, it doesn't really. I mean, it makes a difference, but in terms of just like my overall enjoyment, baseball is going to be baseball. So I just mm-hmm. they it, if. If everyone is okay with the game being faster, I'm all for it. But if, I mean, I'm just going to go with the majority, really. I'm indifferent. All
0: right. Presley?
1: I do not like the pitch clock. I am that girl that's like, hey, let's go two extra innings. (laughs) Like, let's sit here a little bit longer. You know, so pitch clock, I'm kind of like, But I understand the reasoning. I'm just not the biggest fan of it. But also, I don't know how many games that – there was the pitch clock, but then you had the pitch calm issues that delayed the game by 10 minutes mm-hmm. or so. And so it's like, okay, it's really all going to balance out in some sort of way. But I'm glad you mentioned these rules because this season is kind of changing what the league will look like. First time that all the teams will be playing each other at mm-hmm. least once. So that'll be really exciting. I know I was really like, wanting the Rangers to play the Cardinals. So that way I'm like, oh, there's Coldy. Like, he went to Texas State. Yeah. like, And just, I didn't get that last year. And so all t- all 30 teams are going to see each other. Bigger bases, pitch clock. The shift. The shift. Yep. Corey Seager is about to <laughs> take advantage of that. Like, You know, there's just so many different things. And so it'll be really interesting to see how all these things do pan out throughout the 162 games because I know – whenever there was the lockdown, it was kind of the rules that were getting leaked and stuff just did not sound the best. And so we'll see what happens.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the shift because they talked about last night on the broadcast. Corey seeker was the, the left-hand hitter that was affected the most by the shift. He grounded into it the most. And I I don't know how I feel about the shift. Like, I don't I like how there's not as many easy ground balls it just felt like every single ground ball was an automatic ground out with this shift but at the same time I'm one who thinks that you should learn how to hit past the shift you should be able to bunt I, I feel like there weren't a, enough bunts whenever yeah. the shift was extreme um Jeff McNeil was a player who could really hit well against the shift so I do feel like that part of baseball was like well you should have learned how to hit against the shift and that should have been more intact but I mean I like the rule change I think that uh it it allows more more action I mean Orlando I mean if we talk about in the NBA how rules have kind of changed more into Um, higher scoring games and I mean It's ultimately at the end of the day. It's it's what the fans like and ultimately we're going to see more offense in baseball We've seen it in in the NBA NFL has done it all as well. So these rules are Ultimately affecting the fan experience for the better.
2: Definitely. I mean some of these rules I mean the different sports it just kind of depends on which one it is I mean if you look at football, I know the kind of roughing the passer one is kind of it kind of gone to the extreme to where they're kind of being too protective <laughs> over or that's just i mean that's one side of the opinion people think they're being a little too overprotective of the co- of the quarterbacks or even in nba the 3 point rule i mean like the kind of the, where people are like jumping into players or like kicking their feet out and stuff they're kind of taking that away and i remember th- the first season they did it i remember that kind of, that whole uh, there was a, I, don't, I don't have the stat just off my head but that kind of shot just, like, tanked. The percentage on it being taken, the percentage on that um, on that being, like, awarded just kind of completely went kaput. So it's, like, these rule changes, once they're implemented, it's like, in, once they're enforced, like, very strictly, it definitely changes the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we just kind of have to wait to see how they affect it long-term to see how it really, how the fans really
0: yeah, enjoy it. I mean, it, it takes time. I mean, usually, I mean, you look at that, that rule that you're talking about, the three-point rule. I mean, it took about what, a year, year and a half maybe to get used to. And I'm sure, I'm sure pitchers are going to have to adjust to it. I mean, we saw, I, I want to say it was like 25, 30 um, pitch clock violations over the weekend. So, I mean, it it's going to take time. I think this year will be an adjustment, but at the end of the day, everybody's everybody's going to have to adjust because yeah. they're not going <laughs> to change the rules back. Yeah. But I mean, everybody's going to be fine with it. And then ultimately you're going to look in two or three years and you're going to be like what these you used to have four players on the right side of second base so <laughs> you used to be
1: able to throw like go to first and not have attempt like limited attempts to yeah. just pick off a player what it's crazy no and i feel like the mlb is definitely kind of old school like you see the nfl nba in between each season they're talking about the different rules and what they can add and what they can take away and MLB just kind of waited and waited and waited. And now now they're like, here's all these Mm rules. Have fun. Like, you know, but it'll take adjusting. But at the end of the day, it's baseball. You really can't change it all that much. So, but let's hear some weather from Orlando. Looks pretty good outside right now.
2: Yeah, it actually is currently 81 degrees and mostly sunny. So with that sun beating down, it's feeling like it's 85 degrees outside. And today the high will be 93 with a low of 69. Should be sunny for the most of the day, for the rest of the day. And then kind of around nighttime, there might be a, a chance of rain looking at like 30% chance around 5, 6 and 7 p.m. But other than that, looks like for until the sun goes down, looks like it should be pretty sunny.
1: Nice. Do y'all think we're done with the cold?
2: Nope. No. <laughs> Orlando, look at, look at Thursday. Thursday. Let me oh see gosh. what we got here. Go back to it. Or like um, Friday,
0: Thursday and Friday.
2: Oh yes, let's see. Thursday and Friday, we have a high of sixty one and sixty three, and lows of fifty three degrees. Oh
1: my gosh, maybe one day.
2: I went outside
0: yesterday and I was like, "Oh man, this is like a perfect spring day." Like I was watching the Rangers game and I was like, "Wow, this is this is baseball weather." And I liked the weather, and then I saw that and I was like, "Oh
1: Oh, man, man. one
0: day we'll
2: reach it. One day." That's that's Texas, like in a nutshell. A a high of ninety three on Monday and then a low of fifty three on Thursday.
1: We love it. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but thank you for joining us this Monday. I was your host, Presley Davis, and with me, my producer, Joey Gonzalez, and co-host, Orlando Smart. We hope you have a good rest of your day, and come back Wednesday for more Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9, the other side of radio.